Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Got you covered on both ends of the dial, 910 AM, when you're driving around Richmond. Now also at 105.1 FM. This is the local hour here on AWOD Radio. We'll talk some high school football with Gary Hess. Drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess in 15 minutes. Frank Maloney will join us ahead of UVA's season opener this Saturday. And then we'll close the show by talking about the Odyssey Richmond Survivor Pool that we'll do, we're will do. we doing here in the building that uh, got a lot of the salespeople excited for this morning. And I'll give you my reasons why I'm staying away from the Commanders Week 1. I'm staying away. I'm not going to jinx it. I'm not going to be that guy. Joining us right now, though, talk a little high school football from the Richmond Times-Dispatch on the Adid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. It's Zach Joaquin. What's going on, Zach? Hey, Wad, what's up, man? Thank you so much for having me on. But I got to say, I'm not sure about my placement here. <laughs> uh, having to go before Gary Hess, who is the oracle of, uh, of high school football uh, in the Richmond area, that's a, that's a tough ask, I got to say. Well, we get two perspectives. You know, you're the young guy and Gary's <laughs> the, the old gunslinger here. Um, so let's get started with what are the big, we- uh, big games going on this week locally? Uh, there's a lot of games on Thursday uh, with the Labor Day weekend slate, um, a lot more than are on Friday, which is obviously abnormal. But the big one on Thursday is Elsie is Bird at Thomas Dale. Man, the Battle of Chester um, is one of the most heated rivalries that, that this area has. I know the Great American Rivalry Series, which is like a, a national series that focuses on a lot of the best high school football rivalries in the country, is going to be there. Um, and they've been at that game before. It's one of the best rivalries, not only in the Richmond area, but but in the state. Uh, that's number seven at number five in our rankings, and so that's going to be a really good game. Uh, Ethan Mincer is a quarterback for Thomas Dale, who has been starting since he was an underclassman for them, has set a bunch of records over there. He's a lefty Virginia commit, uh, really dynamic athlete and fun to watch. And then Bird is tough, man. Um, patented ground game that they love to lean on. Rashad Lewis and Sir Paul Cheeks are the, are the running backs there. They had three touchdowns apiece last week. That is going to be a, a tough, hard-nosed game, particularly if you like old-school football. And then, man, on Friday is the, the headliner for the area that I think is the matchup that over the last few years everyone has, has always wanted to see. It's Manchester at Highland Springs. Victor W. Kreider Stadium uh, is one of the best atmospheres in the area and, and, and certainly in the state. And Highland Springs went and got an impressive win in Florida at head coach Lauren Johnson's uh, alma mater this past week at Miramar, which is a really good program down there in Florida, 120-14. to 14 on a big road trip. And so the Springers got off to a hot start. It'll be Manchester's first game of the year. Um, those are definitely the headliners, man. They're both going to be electric atmospheres. Yep. Zach, you and Gary Hess are on the same page. He'll be hitting both of those and broadcasting live from the game on WRVA 1140 AM beginning tomorrow at 7 PM. And then Friday, 7 PM as well. Uh, take me back to last week, Zach, what games did you go see or write about? I went and covered Hermitage. On Friday, they were hosting Oscar Smith, yeah. um, which, you know, high school football in the state of Virginia, you know, Oscar Smith has been one of the kingpins over the last few years, a perennial state title contender. And it's a young Hermitage team. Oscar Smith won 39-25, but I was impressed with Hermitage, man. They hung with them, uh, leaning on a bunch of sophomores and, uh, and juniors to really carry that team. Andre Clark Jr. is a receiver and defensive back for Hermitage. He had two touchdown catches in the game and was really active uh, on the defensive side with some pass breakups and, and tackles for losses as well. He really impressed me. And then they got a, a young cornerback, Ben Yaney, who had a long touchdown run. He's a sophomore, young running back. He's a junior, Erlante Winston, that had a, young, a long touchdown run. 
And so it's a tough Hermitage team against a really good Oscar Smith program um, that I thought put up a really good fight. They're up to number nine in our rankings right now. Only top 10 team that lost this past week, so not a whole lot of movement in the rankings. But they really impressed me as much as anyone, I think. Um, and then I didn't get a chance to go down to, uh, to Indian River, but Verina played at Indian River. And I thought about trying to, to make a, a trip down to my old neck of the woods. I went to Maury High School in Norfolk, and so I know that area well. Indian River is a good program. And Verina went and got a 13 nothing win down there. Um, that defense was maybe the area's most impressive unit, I think, in, in week one, going on the road to a good Indian River program and posting a shutout. And Damari Carter is a receiver for them who had a touchdown catch in that game and a few acrobatic catches. Looks like he's got a really good relationship with, uh, with new Blue Devils quarterback Linwood Johnson. So I'm excited to see how that relationship develops coming up here. And especially this weekend, they've got uh, Freedom, um, who's the reigning Class 6 champions, coming into James E. Dawkins Stadium. And that'll be a huge matchup. Um, we're not going to that one because of the, the headliners on the other nights and the two local teams playing are going to draw a lot of attention but Verina with a huge matchup this week as well, hosting Freedom and a chance to get a big win over a reigning state champion. And Zach Joaquin with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. He's the high school football beat reporter at the Richmond Times-Dispatch. And the RTD comes out with their player of the week each week. I voted. I, I believe I voted for Cole Chizuk. Did he end up winning player of the week? He did, yes. I'm, I'm hoping to interview him tonight. Seven catches for 164-4. and four. Um, in Freeman's 45 nothing win over Atlee, just a, a career night, man. Our special correspondent, Weldon Bradshaw, who's been covering local high school football in the area for decades, got a chance to talk to him after that game. Um, and, and just a special night for him at a place that has a special environment. I love going to games at Freeman. Um, and, and that was definitely one of the big standout performances of week one. But we had a lot of them. I thought we had some really good candidates. Thank you for voting. Everyone go check it out every week uh, after the dust settles on, on Saturday and Sunday. We post the player of the week poll with all the best performances from the area. Um, and, and there's some really good ones for week one. The reigning All-Metro player of the year, Harry Dalton from Dinwiddie, who had 13 carries for 83 and a touchdown and threw three touchdown passes. He came in last in the voting. And he's, you know, he got an offer from Alabama as one of the best recruits, not only in the area, but in the state. And so I think that tells you what the level of, of competition was uh, for week one player of the week. I was, uh, I was excited to see the participation in the voting with a lot of the kids getting good support from their fan bases. Zach, on a more serious note, we talked about this last week with Gary Hess, TJ Huguenot. We're going to play with no spectators. The game ended up getting canceled. What's the latest with that situation? Yeah, I mean, that was my plan originally was to go cover that game. I think it, it was going to be a really exciting matchup. Um, Charles Scott's the new head coach over at Huguenot, previously at Life Christian. Um, Eric Harris is the new head coach at Thomas Jefferson. He was offensive coordinator last year, was elevated to, to head coach. And so two new coaching eras at two city schools. It was going to be a fun clash. And it's obviously a Huguenot community still uh, still healing from last spring's graduation shooting outside the Altria Theater. And I think both coaches and everyone – within both programs had hopes that that game would be an opportunity for the community to, to rally around football a little bit. Right. And, and Scott's effort to revitalize that program has taken on a deeper significance in light of what the Huguenot community has gone through recently. And so, man, it's just a shame for the kids. Um, it seemingly, it, it stemmed from a social media post um, that there were threats of violence after the game. And then they became aware of that in the middle of the week last week and made the decision on Thursday night to try and play the game, but close it to spectators. And then as things developed on Friday, they realized that the, the threats were credible. Um, and, and Richmond police told us that they didn't feel like it was safe for the kids to play the game that night. 
And so I know that there were discussions of maybe trying to play it down the road and reschedule it, but that would be tough given both teams' schedules. So it's just a shame for the kids, man. I, I, I talked to both coaches, and they're trying to regroup and look forward and move on. Um, but but they were both really disappointed to not be able to kick off the season in what was going to be a really fun matchup for two city schools with uh, looking to have strong seasons. Zach, great stuff as always, man. Follow Zach on social media at Zach Joaquin. You can read his work, richmond.com, covering high school football. And then during basketball season, you'll hear his voice a ton on AWOD Radio talking VCU hoops. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, AWOD, you're the best, man. Thank you for having me on. Yep. Talk to you again soon. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Don't go anywhere. More high school football talk coming up next as we drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess. Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105. 1FM, your home for high school football. And every Wednesday at 2.15, I'm joined by the czar, Gary Hess. What's happening? What's going on, bud? It's exciting. First score sheet of the year complete. Ready to go. Here we go. And you've got two games. Yeah, we're diving in the deep end of the pool after kind of slacking last week with week (laughs) zero. We're doing the double. We're doing the twin bill. We're doing back-to-back nights, and uh, we're pretty excited about it. Two great matchups, too. We'll get into it right now as we get in the car and drive. How are the roads looking? Get out of the way, damn it! Time for a drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess, sports director and the voice of high school football in Richmond, Virginia. I understand there's traffic. You need to plan for that. Let's drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess on AWOD Radio. All right, Gary, what jumped out to you from week one? Well, you know, it's interesting because we talked Friday about uh, Meadowbrook winning, and there's been a lot more hubbub about that, and I'm excited for Meadowbrook after uh, you know all the things they've been through to get that win. But when I look at Friday night, first of all, I think we have to mention that Highland Springs represented in Florida. Yeah. Uh, hard-fought game, 20-14 to 14 win, but got the job done. And uh, the Springers 1-0, looking every bit state title contender. And the other thing I do want to mention is that Dimwitty was very happy to be back in the friendly confines of the Commonwealth after losing up in Ohio. Uh, went to Danville, played GW Danville, won 52-7. And if you remember us talking about Harry Dalton week in and week out last year, he was back to uh, doing Harry Dalton things. How about... 190 yards passing, three touchdowns, 83 yards rushing, three more touchdowns. Yeah, he, I saw he was 8 for 16, though. Is that something to be concerned about, that completion percentage? No, because he's probably, you know, 8 for 16 for 190, so it's over 10 yards per attempt. So he's throwing the ball downfield, which is, you know, you're not going to complete 70% throwing the ball downfield like that at the high school level most of the time. So uh, I don't think it's a it's anything to be concerned about at all. Uh, Verida and Hermitage had out-of-town Opponents of Verona went to down and played Indian River down in the Chesapeake area and won thirteen nothing. Hermitage welcomed Power Chesapeake Power Oscar Smith to town and uh, lost thirty nine twenty five. But it was uh, a very competitive game. So um, there you go. That's the that's the highlights uh, from week one. There are uh, several other games, but I won't go too deep into it. Well, I think we should spend a little more time on Highland Springs because that was a big accomplishment there for the Springers and for Coach Lauren Johnson. 
yeah, Lauren Johnson going to play his uh, uh, at his alma mater, and uh, a lot of emotion. And uh, they jumped out to a they they kind of fell behind seven to six. Uh, got a couple of touchdowns through the middle of the game to go up twenty to seven, and Miramar scored in the fourth quarter, so uh, made the game look closer than it might have been. But the Springers weren't. Uh, um, uh, the team to get it done. And, you know, with all that, you know, with the high school kids, uh, all that travel, you know, flying to Florida and all the hubbub around that, you know, that's nothing that does not resemble a game week routine in any way, shape or form. So uh, and an opening game and Miramar had already played a game. And, you know, you hear coaches, whether high school, college or the NFL, one of those cliches you always hear is the biggest improvement is between the first game and the second game. And Miramar had already played a game, and Highland Springs hadn't. But they overcame all of that and got the job done. It had to be a special night uh, for Coach Lauren Johnson, and I'll be interested in um, in in talking to him uh, in advance of our game Friday night to see how he felt about how how emotional all that was for him. We're driving down Richmond Highway with the czar Gary Hess and the voice of high school football here in Richmond, Virginia. So let's get right into our nine ten the fan CBS six top 10 coaches poll that we release every single week. And, uh, Gary, I have it in front of me, so I'll go through it. You can give me uh, your reaction. Number uh, one, Highland Springs. Two, Dinwiddie. Three, Manchester. Four, uh, Thomas Dale. Five. I know if you wanted me to interject, are you going to do the go whole ahead. thing? Go ahead, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, think, I think it's interesting that, you know, Dinwiddie had lost uh, the Glenville game before we had our preseason poll. And, uh, you know, about, it looks like, of the teams that, you know, six of them played, four of them did not. So Manchester, Trinity, Episcopal, Hopewell, and Matoica still haven't opened yet. But everything that happened on the field changed nobody's minds. The same 10 teams are the exact same in the exact same spots they were in the preseason poll, and I find that interesting. Four, Thomas Dale. Five, Trinity. Six, Verina. Seven, Elsie Bird. Eight, Douglas Freeman. Nine, Hopewell. Ten, Matoica. Bird and Freeman holding on to those seven and eight spots after both being extremely impressive on Thursday night. Hopewell and Matoica both open this week, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Trinity uh, has a huge test this week. Uh, as we look at this week's schedule, Trinity is traveling to Ohio. We know that how that worked for Dimity to play Archbishop Hoban uh, of Ohio, I believe they're in Akron. So um, that is going to be a big test for Sam Micken's team and it'll be interesting to see how they do on Saturday. That game's on Saturday. So let's get to the 910 The Fan game of the week here that will be broadcast on WRVA, 1140 AM. Where in the world will Gary Hespe? Yeah, we – okay, so Thursday night, it's the Battle of Chester, one of the top – If you talk about rivalries in the Richmond area. Um, there are a bunch. There are a bunch that are – you know, Hopewell Petersburg comes to mind. Um in the West End, uh, Godwin and Freeman is a huge rivalry. Uh, the Tomato Bowl every year, the Hanover Tomato Bowl between uh, Patrick Henry and uh, Mechanicsville. And, you know, Hanover and Atley are part of that. But for years and years, they were the only two schools in the county. You know, these are the top rivals that you think about in the area. But the two that rise above are Verona Highland Springs and the Battle of Chester, Elsie Bird and Thomas Dale. And that's where we're starting Thursday night, Thomas Dale High School, uh, seventh ranked Bird. Fourth ranked Thomas Dale, fourth ranked Thomas Dale, and the Battle of Chester. Ethan Minter, Nick Tyree, and the Knights against the the Skyhawks, who run, 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 run the rock. So it's going to be a clash of styles. 
and a lot of emotion on the field as the Skyhawks and the Knights get together. So we'll be there for that. And then Friday night, what's become a rivalry game is Manchester and Holland Springs play every year. The, uh, this year, uh, the Springers are playing at home, Manchester coming in. And once again, just like I said a minute ago, the added dynamic, Springer's second game, Manchester's first game. Manchester, very highly regarded, but a huge test for the Lancers right out of the gate. So let's go to that Thursday game for a second. So give me a little more detail what you mean by the clash of style there, by the fact that Thomas Dale with Ethan Mentor is going to try to bomb it and throw it deep, and L.C. Bird, they like to run the ball. Yeah, and so it's it's not just bomb it and throw it deep. Ethan Mentor, they scored 35 points in the first half last week, and he went 14 of 22, 225, and three touchdowns uh, as advertised, right? So, you know, Mentor's going to fling it around. He also runs the ball, but they also have Nick Tyree. They'll run the jet sweeps, and, you know, they have that the, the speed-oriented running attack, too, whereas Bird has some speed guys, but it's more, you know, pounded between the tackles. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it's not just running the ball. It's power run game. And they have some – they have guys who – but by and large – you know, a, a gadget play for them is running a toss instead of, uh, you know, power or ISO in between the tackles. So basically, time of possession might not matter for the final score. No, it might not at all, and and we'll just have to see if Bird can move the ball. You know, Bird and and you know, and what Thomas Dale can do. Bird's defense is is pretty darn good. You know, and I think based on what I've seen in the preseason and what I've seen this game, you know, I think Thomas Dale is clearly, you know, the team that should win here. But it's it's degrees of good. I mean, Bird is it looks to be pretty darn good, but Thomas Dale may be very good. But we'll see. You know, well, they both played outmanned opponents week one, but they both have a game under their belt, and they've been working to improve. And and now we're going to see what it looks like on Friday on Thursday night. So kickoff seven p.m. seven o'clock kick. That we will not have a pregame. Uh, we'll do some social media interaction on our Facebook page, eight oh four football. Uh, with Gary and Gary, uh, look it up. Give us a like and a follow. We put a lot of content out there, and um, and that. And then seven o'clock again Friday night with Manchester Highland Springs. Give me a little more of a preview for Manchester Highland Springs. Well, I'm going to be interested to see quarterback Landon Abernathy, who was a very young last year, split time with uh, Jason Wright, who's no longer in the program. So Abernathy's now the clear starter. Um, it'll be inter- You know, I'm fascinated to see how he's going to. How I've heard he's gotten a lot better. Can't wait to see what he looks like and um, how he leads the team. And then Manchester has another kid, Makai Byerson, who's a Division One recruit and uh, just a, a fun to watch at the defensive end position. He plays some tight end slash wide receiver as well. He's a big target. And, of course, the Springers led by Christian Martin and Brennan Johnson on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, the, you know, be my first look at the Springers this year coming off state championship with some different faces and uh, it's, it's going to be exciting. And, you know, you look at it. The other thing that's fascinating to me about this game, Tom Hall, the coach at Manchester, entering his 25th season, and uh, Lauren Johnson, who i got to do the math, I think it's his 16th year, 08 to 20. I think it's like his 16th year at Highland Springs. So these two guys know each other pretty well, and uh, it's going to be fun. It's, uh, you know, number three and number one in the poll for a reason. So yeah. it, it should be great theater. It should be a great atmosphere at both games, and we're very excited to be a part of it. Well, it's always fun to have you on the show, even more fun during the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll rock and roll. Enjoy the holiday weekend. Excited about college football kicking into gear uh, on Saturday. Um, uh, you know, we uh, we head down to uh, Christopher Newport uh, for their home game and then 
excited for, on Sunday to watch Florida State and LSU. So, so Gary and Gary, eleven forty a.m. Thursday, seven Friday at seven. Eleven forty a.m. and ninety six point one FM. Uh, 7 o'clock, Thursday and Friday, and uh, engaging on social media as well. Well, thanks so much, Zar. Thank you, my man. Yep, talk to you again shortly. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Let's drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess on AWOD Radio. Are you ready to join the AWOD Army? Tune in to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM every day from noon to 3 on AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. We're, we are available around the country on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free. And search 910 The Fan to hear AWOD Radio Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m., We've got Frank Maloney with us here in studio. He's fumbling through his papers. You know that means it's going to be a good segment. What's oh, going get on, ready Frank? to rumble. <laughs> I don't care if that's a boxing thing. All right, Maloney's here. Yes, and the college football season for Virginia begins Saturday. It's not a nightmare matchup, though, in Tennessee, in Nashville against the Volunteers. All right, so let's 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 be realistic here. Let's 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 keep it real. Uh, this team uh, did not get to play the last two games of last season, um, and they're dying to play football. I think that could help on Saturday at twelve noon. How long will that? Um, how long will that energy last? How how long can that buzz, you know, keep them going? Because they're going to play a really good team. Well, I, I heard your show, Who's Talking, this week, and you guys were really making an emphasis about the offensive line. Are mm-hmm. they going to be able to handle the physicality of the Tennessee Volunteers? You know, I was very concerned about the O-line all summer and really last spring. I think what I'm hearing now, based upon the uh, coaching staff and others that see the scrimmages and can report on the full scrimmage, uh, the O-line has gotten a lot better than last year. So somehow, subtraction with new additions, they're better. How much better? We're going to find out, aren't we? Yeah. Now, Tennessee has a, a really good front seven. They're not Alabama. They are not Georgia. They are not Clemson. They're pretty good. The problem is Virginia is rebuilding the O-line. There's a new starting quarterback taking the snaps. Uh, all the receivers are basically new except for Starling, Starling had experience last year at Virginia. Um, everybody else is new. I mean, Malachi Fields is a real talented kid, 6'4", about 220. He's going to be unbelievable. Can he bring it game one with the focus on him as a starter? We'll see. Uh, I like Malik Washington, uh, who came from Northwestern. He's in the slot. I expect him to be an instant contributor, and he's got to be. Uh, I like the running backs for Virginia. By committee, Paris Jones, 
um, what's his name, Hollins, Mike Hollins has come back from being shot. If that isn't inspirational, what is? The guy, the guy's putting it out there. Um, I'm be interested to see how many snaps he takes, how well he plays, because Hollins is a real talent. He's a real man. He's 5'11", about 2, 10, 15, 20. That's a good size back. Um, I'm a little concerned about uh, Kobe Pace, the transfer from uh, Clemson, who's listed as the third running back because he's been dinged up during camp. How healthy is he? So Virginia's gonna, we're, Virginia fans are going to find out real quickly, can the O get the job done? What is the rest of the injury report? Have we heard any more about Chico Bennett? Well, Chico Bennett, um, I think as a precaution, is not going to play on Saturday. It's a shame because Chico Bennett is arguably the best player coming back on this team, arguably. Uh, we're going we're gonna to find out if all the other subs stepping in for him can do the job. Clearly, the defensive tackles are a big deal. Jameer Carter and Aaron Fumai, who are uh, brutes, they're 320 pounds each. That's what you need in the middle. I think Virginia's going to hold their own there. Um, the new linebackers, James Jackson, has got one of the spots. And uh, I'm trying to remember the other fellow's name. It's, it's escaping me right now. Um, Josh Ahern. Those two players have got to deliver. Those two running backs have, I mean, defensive linebackers, they must deliver. They cannot have an off day. They can't have a headache. They can't have a little ding. <laughs> Those two guys, there's nobody behind them that has real experience. They must deliver. Now, Virginia, go ahead. You're listening to AWOD Radio. I've got Frank Maloney with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hot Seat. So who's talking? You came yes. back. Monday. Great show. We loved it. It, it was, was a great show. Great, great to be back. Uh, we overcame a lot of Murphy's Law and, uh, you know, the gremlins that were in the system and all that. And uh, uh, I thought my guests were fantastic. I think Billy McMullen did a great job. Paul Collins, Jeff McDonald were outstanding commentary about the offense, which I devoted almost the whole show to offense because we know the Virginia defense is experienced and there's more guys coming back. Uh, we got Jonas Sanker playing safety, and one day he's going to be playing on Sundays. I'm not worried so much about the D. Well, I understand you focusing on the offense because the mm-hmm. offense ranked 126 last year, uh. 17 points per game. I know you hear you hate to hear me say that, but how many points do you expect UVA to score against Tennessee? All right, let's be honest. Uh, this year's team has got to be putting up at least 24 points a game. They've you, got, you'd hope. I mean, Tony well, Elliott needs to put his stamp on the program. Well, I'm afraid that trying to institute his schemes that he learned at Clemson with four stars and five stars is a whole lot harder to do that anywhere else, much less at UVA. That's uh, now he's learning. I think I think Tony Elliott knows the challenge. He's understanding it, um, and I believe him when his when he says we've got competitors in the locker room. I think he also has a coaching staff filled with guys that were big-time stars. I mean, Chris Slade uh, was a star. Clint Sintum was a star. They played in the NFL, and they're going to expect their charges to raise their game and listen to their instructions and follow through. I think that's going to happen. Again, I'm not that worried about the defense. They're going to do the best they can, and whatever whatever Tennessee gets, good for them. But I'm, I'm more concerned for the season's sake concerning the offense and the special teams. And quite honestly, if the special teams don't play better, they need to fire some people. They were lousy last year. UVA kicks off their season September 2nd at 12 noon from Nissan Stadium, the home of the Tennessee Titans. Sold out. Well, I mean, Nashville's 
bumping. It is. Have you visited? I you mean, know, you need I'm, to spend a weekend I, there, Frank. I, You'd come back a different man. I've been, <laughs> I, I've been to Memphis, and I had fun in Memphis. And I'm told Nashville is twice as much fun. Yeah. It's on my bucket list. I'm going. i just not going this one. All right. Well, let's get your game preview for UVA against the 10th, 12th-ranked Tennessee Volunteers. I think Virginia will be hanging tough through the first quarter. Uh, they'll trade haymakers. They're probably going to get beat up a little bit in that first half. If they are within 10 points at halftime, I'm con- I'm going to consider that a moral victory. Yeah. Okay? And anybody that follows the Cavs know that what's really got to happen is Virginia needs to leave that stadium in one piece. The healthier, the better, because their real season begins the following Saturday at home at high noon on the 9th against JMU and the Dukes. Frank, always appreciate you stopping by. You got uh, next Monday show planned already? You know, I'm excited. I'm also excited about all the games this weekend, the ACC. There's some great games. I'm kind of puzzled why Duke and Clemson are playing on Monday night. Monday night is NFL Monday night football. College football should not be played on Monday nights ever, not ever. Well, what would you think of the article your buddy Chris Graham posted today that ESPN and the ACC are teaming up to have games at movie theaters? You know, I don't care where they put them. I mean, they're se- <laughs> they're selling tickets at Costco and Walmart. And who knows? They where are, else. dude. What they is are. This? What is that? Uh, you know, I didn't make that up. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know what's exciting though? Um, I do think we are much closer to adding three new schools. I do think it's going to happen now. My sources tell me SMU is going to be invited to join the league with a special arrangement where they don't receive media money that the conference gets Ooh. in those first four to five years. Also, Are we breaking these, this news right now? Semi-breaking. Um, Stanford, Stanford and Cal uh, look to be basically a shoe-in. It's going to happen. And then, then we're going to have some really exciting things happening. You're going to have long road trips, and that's going to be fun. That's our UVA insider, Frank Maloney. You can hear him every Monday on 910 The Fan alongside Jim Hobgood for Who's Talking. Thanks, Frank. Thank you. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Your home for AWOD Radio. Every weekday from noon to 3 on Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. AWOD Radio. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. 910 The Fan is proud to be the home of the Washington Commanders. Richmond Flying Squirrels, the Virginia Tech Hokies, and high school football as Gary Hess broadcasts high school football games right here on 910 The Fan. He'll begin his 30th season tomorrow night. That will air on WRVA until the end of the Squirrels season. We've got a special guest in studio with us right now. Make some noise. We've got Joy Harris joining us in studio. She is the CEO of SCORE and the author of how to get paid before going pro. You can follow Joy on social media at the Joy Harris. Joy, how are you? Thank you, Adam, so much for having me. I am great. How yeah, are you? I'm great. Good to have you in studio. So I know you work with kind of like parents of players to help close the gap between sports career and the financial gap there, right? Yes, absolutely. Explain that a little further for me and my audience. So uh, obviously before 2001, players could not monetize their own name, image, and likeness. Now that they can... Uh, We want to get as many athletes through the door as possible so that they know how to not only make money for themselves, but to pay for college, which, you know, most students leave college with a huge amount of student loan debt. 
um, and how to actually get a career uh, in sports if it's off the field. And so I know you've worked locally with some students at Glen Allen, staff at TJ. I mean, what was that like? Was it kind of eye-opening with everyone kind of realizing their financial potential? Yeah, it's really amazing when you see how many people actually don't know about NIL. Um, there are a lot of big headlines about NIL, and one of my kind of pet peeves is the big headlines tend to detract people from NIL. Um, but NIL is for everyone, not just your D1 five-star athletes. It's for your average, everyday high school athletes, for your college athletes, for your community college athlete. And so it's an opportunity for everybody to take advantage of it. So I know our listeners are, are you know, mostly in the 50s and a lot of their kids are playing high school sports right now. So what would be the biggest advice you would have for them? Uh, the biggest advice is, A, don't be scared about NIL. Don't look at NIL as a distraction. Actually look at it as an opportunity for your yeah. student athlete. A, I always say, first off, NIL is a way to pay for college. And so paying for college is such a big stressor to athletes. Having to get a scholarship, wanting to get a full ride is such a big stressor for not only the athletes but the parents. NIL is a way to close that gap where you can start generating your own income and be able to be a walk-on in whatever college you actually want to go to. So, A, don't be afraid of it, and then B, realize that it's open for you as an average athlete. You can start building your brand today um, and reaching out to brands who are interested in working with student athletes just like you. And then you have like the excellent student athletes who are getting millions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of dollars to you know, go play college at certain universities. What kind of advice would you have for those kids to make sure that they don't blow the money right away? Yeah, I think that it actually teaches those type of athletes how to be better money, money managers early. Um, and so they typically are in an environment with college where they have people, professors, teachers around them, athletic directors who are giving them information about how to budget a little more wisely. They have resources around them because they're on campus where they can talk to the brand centers. They can talk to the business department. So utilize those resources that are already on campus to make sure that you know what's in your contract, how to read it, what you need to do, and then how to keep your money. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. We've got Jory Harris with us here in studio, CEO of SCORE and the author of How to Get Paid Before Going Pro. Tell me a little bit more about your book. Yeah, so had a lot of parents uh, over the last couple months just asking, hey, where do I get started and what do I do? And so I wanted to make a really simple step-by-step -step guide that parents can use to help not only walk themselves through what NIL is and how to take advantage of it, but make sure that they have the education to advise their student athlete about how to actually take advantage of NIL right at the level where you are. A lot of parents look to coaches for information, but I like to say coaches are in the business of knowing how to make you play well. Yeah. NIL is more of a business topic, and so you want to know how to maximize your business because as a student athlete, whether you want to be or not, you are a business, um, and so you want to make sure that you know the rules of that game. And so the book is there to help not only guide th you through how to get your first brand deal and your second brand deal once you get to the end of the book because you'll have already nailed your first one, but also how to start putting that money away to be able to pay for college. So what is your day-to-day -day like as the CEO of SCORE? How much are you meeting with people and things like yeah, that? Yeah, so I try to make myself as available as possible to parents, making sure that I carve out time for those one-on-ones. Some people are super nervous about being in group settings. Um, so not only carving out times for one-on-ones, but being able to go to the different colleges um, and schools and answer questions that they have. And then right now, I'm super excited about how SCORE is working on transitioning into a digital platform that will provide business education to student-athletes. So that's something new. Um, it's a lot of heavy lifting because we're looking at entering the tech space, but I'm super excited about it. So I want to get into the mind of my listener right now. Let's yeah. say there's a listener out there right now, and, and his kid is, you know, the star cornerback for – 
um, Huguenot this year, yeah. right? And, and he, you know, he sees an opportunity for him to play college football. And they're listening right now, and they're like, man, this, this really resonates to me. How can I get in touch with you? Yeah, so you can reach out to me on social at Harris. I try to look at all my DMs as much as possible. But reach out to me, and I'm happy to hop on a one-on-one and help kind of get them started in the process, answer any specific questions they have. Not every athlete is alike, so I like to find out that particular athlete because we want to make sure that we help that athlete build, build brand, first of all, and something that is relevant to them, something that's not gimmicky, something that they're going to be able to do and have longevity with. That's what brands want to connect with. And you already have a fan base, right? People are already cheering for you in the stands. More than likely, people already know who you are. So we want to just make sure that we can package that up and make you present as best as possible so you can have brand deals. How do you think these student athletes can kind of do all of that but not let it be a distraction? You know, because that's the toughest part right there. I think we underestimate the younger generation. Um, I think, you know, for our older generation and older, it was like, oh, you can't have video games and do homework, right? We figured it out. So I think for the younger generation, like they're already on their phones and they're going to practice and they sometimes have private trainers. So they already are pretty good at multitasking. I don't think NIL takes away or takes more time. It just takes the time that they're already on social and makes it productive. Do you have any uh, meetings coming up or anything like that, like that people can go see you? Yeah, so um, I don't have any live meetings coming up, but I do have some one-on-one sessions. Um, Actually, a session coming up with a group of coaches um, in the area of softball that want to learn more about NIL. But if anyone is interested in connecting, definitely reach out on social, um, and I'm happy to set something up. How have you seen the difference in NIL between football, where we know it's huge, and like you mentioned, softball and tennis and some of those smaller sports? Yeah, I think it's a slower movement. People don't realize that other athletes um, are eligible for NIL. And so definitely in talking to smaller groups, and I try to make myself available for smaller groups, they're starting to realize like, oh, I can have NIL deals too. Something that people often don't realize is that NIL it pays bigger for female athletes than for male, for male really? athletes. Three times. So the actual data right now is that female athletes get three times the amount of money on an NIL deal than male athletes. That's like that's unprecedented in the land of sports, like yeah. at all. The leading sport right now is gymnastics, not just because of LSU. Um, yeah, I, but, know. <laughs> right. I mean, Livy Dunn's getting an article yes, written about her every day. Yeah, but it's not solely because of her money. So NIL is opening a new door for sports who – otherwise don't make money typically your full ride scholarships only go to headcount sports right mm-hmm. so your sports like tennis golf where they're not headcount sports they don't even get a full ride but nil is making a dent in those sports where now those athletes are getting a substantial amount of money not just your big you know d1 football sports i'm not against nil personally but i, I want to get your take on, yeah. on i have always said and i, I might be wrong with this but okay. i've always said don't pay them until they've played one year of college. Okay. And then their name and image and likeness, they've made money for the university. Mm-hmm. I'd want them to play one year of college and then pay them as much as you want, you you know, as you can. I just have an issue with paying these kids before they've even stepped onto the university because I feel like it's a slippery slope. Mm. You know, you're going to have student athletes making more than their coaches. Right. So to that, I say, A, there is regulation with NIL, right? It's not pay for play. And, and the NCAA is pretty strict about that. And, They are keeping an eye on pay-for-play, right? Um, So that's number one. Number two, the students are already making money for the university. So the NCAA makes about $900 million a year off of the media rights of the students before they play a game. So it's not jeopardizing the money that's going to the universities at all. Students who are receiving NIL deals, you have to keep in mind that most of the students aren't going to get a scholarship. The rosters sometimes are 120, 130 students, and then 
85 only have a scholarship. So a lot of these students are, are never going to go pro. It's a 1% chance of even getting in a D1. So if a student has a, a brand deal before they even get to college, it's more than likely that's the only piece of money they may ever see, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like they are taking money away from the university. The university is getting theirs. The only person that's getting hurt at the end is the student. Joy, good information. Thanks so much for stopping Thanks by. For Once again, me. let my audience know where they can get in touch with you, read your book, and all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can uh, find me at the Joy Harris across all social. You can also go to Amazon for how to get paid before going pro. Reach out if you have any questions. Thanks so much. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So college football begins in the state of Virginia this weekend. We'll be recapping that on Monday. I'm off Thursday, Friday as the Zach and I will celebrate Labor Day weekend. And Grant and Danny from Washington, D.C. will take over from 3 to 6.30. I think we're back on Tuesday. Oh, we're back on Tuesday. That's, That's right, because right, of Labor Day. Sorry, bro. I need yeah. a long weekend after well, the draft. Believe me, I, I'll take the, the time off also. <laughs> I'm going to be hanging out at the pool while we still got Atta some boy. decent weather. Atta boy. I so hope I get some good Danny stories. Coming up next from Washington, D.C.